When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. to bring us back on stage <laughs> all right versus live folks we welcome to no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports we are presented by belly up sports in association with godzilla media my name is from mccarthy i'm one of your hosts and to my right it's a man who is uh kind of reeling from sunday and uh i think he was a guy who who uh called the play that led to the pick six by the packers dustin henry dustin what's going on tonight I did. You know, I, I I still feel bad about it. I phoned it in to, to Mike McCarthy. I told him, hey, you know, just like the just like the rumors in the uh that Al Davis used to be calling the plays from the owner's box in the early two thousands. <laughs> I did the same thing to Mike McCarthy. It wasn't his fault. Now I can't control that Dak threw that ball, but you know. And well, uh, but I'm doing all right. So I'm doing all right. We had to shovel a little bit. We had to snow blow. We had a little snow yeah. here today. But we are committed to you. We're ready to talk some football. How are you, sir? That's right. Unlike some other some other uh, sports shows, we don't think our audience is stupid. So <laughs> we uh, we love our audience and we're committed to them. Yes. So yeah, I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I had received some uh, some rough news today. Uh, I want oh, to give some. Well, I want to send my condolences to the guys at uh, at Craft Brewed Sports. Uh, they lost one of their cast, uh, their one of their cast members uh, over the weekend, Cesar. So we want to give uh, Drew, oh, uh, we want to give uh, Drew, Scott, and uh, and uh, and Mike. I give their condolences. My my condolences to them and prayers up to Caesar's family. We want we're just we're thinking of them. They're on the same time as as we are. But you know, I'm just uh, thinking about them today. Because they're going through the, they're on live right now. They're going through the motions. And it's, oh, it's rough. Geez. It's rough to lose a, a member of somebody, you know, somebody you, somebody you love, and a member of your family. So, we just want to send all the love and prayers to you guys, and, and also to the uh, to Caesar's family, and just l- let them know we're thinking of them. Yeah, of course. Condolences. Uh, very sad to hear that news. And um, 
you know, I can't imagine trying to do a show today under the circumstances. So uh, best of luck to them, you know. Yeah. And uh, show your support, you know. Yeah. I mean, I got I got one tab. I got our show, and I got another another tab. I got uh, I got their show. So you know, I'm kind of looking along and seeing the those guys are they're, they're it's it's a little rough right now, but hey, you know, that's that's a part of life, and we just want to. We'd send you know, the best we can do is just come alongside and say, "Hey, we're we support you." Yeah, of course. All right. Before we get to the tonight, before we get into what we're going to talk about with tonight's show, uh, we do need to remind you about our social media channels down here below: Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at it's uh, at NoCredsRQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsRQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsRQ, and please do remind you to like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media channels. On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review. Uh, Five-star rating would be great. Leave a review. We might even read it on the air. And, uh, you know, I'm going to forgo the uh, – actually, you know what? Let's brighten our spirits a little bit. We're going to play that sound because this is a live show. We want you to engage with us. We want you to uh, send us uh, our comments. And uh, you know we're gonna play this. This, this, this one's for Caesar. This one's for, this one's for Caesar. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna, this is gonna play this sound just for him. All right, so we're gonna lighten things up a little bit with some football talk. Uh, I'm gonna sum it up and say that uh, this wild super wild card weekend uh, it was not so super. <laughs> I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you, with the exception of one game. Yeah. Uh, none of them were very close. And, uh, you know, the best part of Saturday's games was the company. I'll just say that. <laughs> hey. Oh, I appreciate you. Oh, again, we appreciate you having us over for, uh, you know, being a great hospitable host and making pizzas and, you know, just. Really great host, and yeah, you know, I, I I keep saying to myself, no, I gotta I gotta I gotta return the favor sometime. So yeah, I, can't, yeah. I feel a little guilty of not having you guys up to my house, but you know it's uh, but you know it's always it's always fun to to just hang out with with, with friends you lo- with people you like, yeah, and uh, yeah, of course, have some fun. A knowledgeable sports talk. Love talking sports on the on the couch. You know, everybody knows what they're talking about. Everybody, everybody who comes to the wild card weekend is a big fan of their teams. Uh, you know, a little little bummed my buddy Derek couldn't make it, but uh, glad that uh, he wasn't around to witness that that Dolphins loss in our company. He is a Dolphins fan. <laughs> yeah, I uh well I would have sat there and laughed while he uh, <laughs> I would drink his I would have drank his tears not to, to, yeah. to the least. But let's talk about this weekend's action. We'll talk first talk about Cleveland at Houston. That was the early Saturday game. And Dustin, let me get your some of your thoughts about this game. Well, first off, this game was kind of a surprise because I think we both thought uh, if I may rewind to last Saturday, I thought this was going to be more of a defensive battle, um, yeah. but it was not. It set up like it was looking like it was going to be a shootout. Now, full disclosure, I was wrangling some pizza dough, so I did miss some of the early parts of this game. But um, I, I think it was seventeen to fourteen, and I was thinking, oh man, this is going to be a this is going to be a barn burner. 
And then all of a sudden, Joe Flacco turned into a pumpkin. Now, Joe Flacco, the run that he had coming off the couch, we have to take our hat off to Mr. Flacco. He was leading, you know, coming in and relieving uh, Deshaun Watson at quarterback at all, you know, uh, all the experiments that uh, the Browns tried at quarterback after Deshaun went down. Um, Joe Flacco brought some much-needed stability to that team. However, the wheels kind of came off on on Saturday. The Texans, first of all, the Texans' run defense, which was much maligned, and Jonathan Taylor ran all over them the week before. Uh, They rebounded pretty well because I believe they held the Cleveland Browns to – I have it in my notes here – I took it down. Let's see how many yards. 56 total rush yards. That is an abysmal total for rush yards. Um, and Joe Flacco threw, he threw two interceptions. One of the throws was just awful. I don't know if it was a miscommunication or I don't know if the Texans DB jumped the route. Uh, but that was they were all over that one. And um and Devin Singletary. He's got a firm hold on that running back job, and he wasn't fantastic in this game. He had one long run of 25 yards. He he had 79 total yards and a touchdown, but he did enough to give the Texans some balance on offense so that the Cleveland Browns just couldn't key off on C.J. Stroud. And I want to get your thoughts, but before I do, I just want to say, C.J. Stroud is a star in this league, and he continues to prove it every single week. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it on Saturday. We thought it was going to be a defensive struggle. It had the potential to be a defensive struggle. And early on, you see you see Cleveland get a score. You know, they, 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 uh, actually, no, you see you – see, I think Cleveland went on a – they put on the ball first, then the, the Texans got, got a field goal. Cleveland responded with a touchdown. Houston responded with a touchdown. Cleveland responded with another touchdown. And Houston, I, I, I to myself, well, what, what's going on? I, I feel like a liar. I feel like a liar. <laughs> and thinking to myself, all right, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a defensive struggle. And it's like all of a sudden it's 17, not it's 17 to 14. I'm going, I I I I suck at prognostication. I can't do this job. How do you how do these analysts do it? And then I, I kind of had a feeling that things were going to go sideways when CJ Stroud threw that beautiful, beautiful touchdown to Dalton Schultz uh, to put them up 10 before halftime. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, one of two things is going to happen. Either Cleveland's going to Cleveland's going to try to, to uh, Cleveland's going to try to tie this, try to get things going again uh, because they've been known to do that this year. They, they, yeah. they came to Baltimore when when uh, Joe Flacco came back to Baltimore for the first time since he got, I think it was one of the first times since he got released by the, the Ravens or was traded or was, uh, or no, he was a free agent when he went to Denver. Uh, mm. So the first time he came back to, to, to Baltimore and rallied the Browns to beat the Ravens. I thought hey, this Joe Flacco magic could continue. And a lot of hardcore Cleveland fans out there. Um, I don't know if any of them listen to our, our show or watch our show, but uh yeah, it, it, there was a sense that this it could be, it could be a comeback. On the other side, I thought to myself, "All right, Houston is one defensive stand and one touchdown away from just t- blowing this game open." And not only did we get one taint, 
That's a touchdown and interception. <laughs> we got Still two of them. That. <laughs> we got two of them in consecutive drives. And Houston made all the right adjustments. They made all the right adjustments. They the the defensive the the the, the front the front seven got to Joe Flacco, made him throw that egregious made, made that egregious <laughs> yes. throw, which got taken back for a taint for a touchdown and inter- an, an interception. And I think that was the biggest difference of that game was just those two defensive touchdowns, which basically broke the game wide open. And as yeah. you mentioned, as you mentioned, Dustin D'Amico Ryan's says that. So that CJ Stroud doesn't want doesn't wilt in big moments, and he was absolutely absolutely correct. I got the stat line right here: sixteen of twenty-one for two hundred seventy-three yards, three touchdowns, and again, including that pass, that beautiful touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz to end the first half. I think the Texans. I'm going to go out of limb here. With a little little preview for Saturday. I think the Ooh. Texans has. I think the Texans offense has that ability. I think they can give the Ravens defense fits next week. I think they have that. Yeah. I could, I could see, I could see a scenario where that happens. I mean, we'll get into more on Saturday. The Ravens are going to be a tall task for anybody, I think, but with the way these playoffs have started and we'll get into it uh, shortly, anything is possible. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Playoffs. Yeah, it's the playoffs. <laughs> and the playoffs are a different animal. And I, I guess I, one side note here before we move on to the next game, before we move on to the nightcap, we got to know, I think I think it was the first time that a nationwide, a national audience was introduced to Noah, Eagle, to Noah Eagle. He's the son of Ian Eagle, who is a great announcer in his own right. But he just, he gives me... And I know Dustin, you you this is your arch enemy in terms of broadcasting. <laughs> I said this at your house too. I said he gives me Spiro Dede's vibes because mm. he doesn't sound as enthusiastic as his dad, and his announcing style feels more like he's just doing a chore rather than being passionate about it. And that's why I hate. That's why I absolutely hate when kids follow their dads into the booth, like Joe Buck. We give Joe Buck a lot of flack. I mean, people have given Joe Joe Buck a lot of flack for years, but I'll say this: I think Joe Buck has been has been has has gotten better over the last, I'd probably say, six seven years. He's a lot more. He's a lot more enthusiastic. He's a lot more passionate. I don't know what what kind of kick started his his. I don't know is is he being him being more alive in the booth. Um, I would also say the same about Noah Eagle. You know, he's 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 not as enthusiastic as his dad. And Mike Golick Jr. I don't know why he's there. You know, he, he, I know I know he got started at ESPN. He was an intern. He played at Notre Dame like his dad did. And after his playing career is over, he's like, oh yeah, come on board at ESPN. And then I, I guess he's with uh, either FanDuel or DraftKings now. I can't remember which. Uh, uh. Where he's at because he was part of the ESPN layoffs a, a few years ago for ESPN Radio. So, but it just seems like it's like I I, I hate I I hate the nepotism that's in broadcasting. And it doesn't sound like a, and this is not a complaint. This is just an observation. Mm-hmm. Well, don't forget about Jack Collinsworth, who we would uh, see more of during the Chiefs Dolphins game. Um, Jack, Jack I, Collinsworth I, looks like he should play a villain in a movie. <laughs> the but slick back I, hair I, and the beard, the scruffy, yeah. the, the scruffy beard. 
<laughs> I kind of agree uh, on some level, though. I do not, though. I do not have the intense dislike that a lot of people have for Joe Buck. Um, he's like not aunt? at the. He, oh yeah, she can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say though, um, he when he was doing more baseball. Because because if memory serves, he was more of a primary. He was a baseball announcer on Fox uh, with yep. Tim McCarver. And I will say the reason this might be an unpopular opinion, but the reason I did not like that duo was because of Tim McCarver for me, not Joe Buck. Tim McCarver mm. was like nails on a chalk chalkboard for me. Uh, yeah, he, he was, had a saying. He, he was, would always was, say. Yeah, he was the baseball equivalent of Billy Packer. That's who he was. Yeah. <laughs> he would always cranky say old cranky old guy. Yep. Like, yep. He was cranky. And anytime I heard those words, in my view, the first thing I wanted to say was, I don't care. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a reason why Deion Sanders uh, uh poured a bucket of ice over him in the nineteen ninety-two uh uh, after the after the NLDS uh, NLCS in 1992, there was a reason, yeah. and yeah, we support. But that. I will I will say I will give McCarver one one uh, some credit during that particular um, scenario when Dion said, "Where's McCarver at? Where's McCarver?" and McCarver just said, "McCarver's right here." That I yeah. that takes some brass ones. I got to give him that. <laughs> <laughs> True, true, true. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the second game, the nightcap of the Saturday uh, of the Saturday doubleheader. Miami at Kansas City. I'll lead off with this one, and I had a sense that we talked about again. We talked about Saturday morning. I had a sense that this the way the game ended is how it was going to go. I've been saying this all season. And I hate sounding like sounding like a broken record. And if the Dolphins get punched in the mouth. Punch them in the mouth early, they reel back, and they never recover. And that's what happened in this game. That's exactly what happened in this game. You can blame the frigid temperatures. Like, again, it's below zero. I get it. You can blame the field conditions. I get it. But you play the game for a reason. And the Dolphins just straight got beat up. They got beat up by that that defense of the Kansas City Chiefs, who we both yes. said. We're gonna brought them this far. They brought the Chiefs this far into the wild card, and it it, it just they it just I had that just had that hunch going in, and they showed up. They showed up. Miami Miami they held Miami to only thirteen first downs. They went one, the Dolphins went one for twelve on third down. They get and they get held to two hundred and fifty four net yards, and Mike Mike McDaniel. He can tell Dan Marino on the sideline, we're going to break all your effing records. We're going to break all your effing records. Fact of the matter is, the Dolphins won't win unless they get gritty, unless they get dirty. And it showed in this game. And the only really highlight, the only real highlight in this game was Patrick Mahomes getting his helmet cracked to the point where he hit, where he needed a new one. Yeah. And I, I remember the commentator saying, basically, that the reason why he was having so much difficulty with the, putting on the new helmet is because it was frozen. It was, oh. and I guess they added some of their, some of his old padding from the old helmet to the new one to make it more comfortable. Yes. But it was just the fact that his helmet was frozen. So great job to the Chiefs' offense. Better, I give him the, I give the defense more credit for holding the Dolphins back. And that's my, yeah. that's my view of this game, Dustin. What's your, uh, what's your, what's your opinion on this game? 
Well, much the same as yours. You got to give a massive uh, tip of the hat to Steve Spagnolo. He had his he had his defense ready to play for this game. Play for this game, and he showed why he is. You know, we all remember his tenure as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, you can't argue with his credentials and his results. Um, he's done a great job. Uh, he is a big part of the reason why the Chiefs are where they are. Uh, right now, because as we've mentioned before, the offense has sputtered a little bit by chief standards. So Steve Spagnolo, big shout out to him and the Dolphins. This was one scenario where we called it. We hit the nail right on the head. You particularly have been saying all season that the Dolphins, if you if you punch them in the mouth, they can't punch back. And we have both talked about how they have the markings of a finesse team. You put them yep. on a team with an inferior uh, team, they'll run them up and down the field. They'll destroy them. Uh, but, you know, the big question I had coming out of this game, my, they made such a big deal of Miami wants to make a statement. They came out onto the field first. They want to show that the cold doesn't affect them. They played like the cold affected them. They had – they, you know – and the big thing, they had that one shot of offense where Tyreek Hill uh, went up went and got that touchdown, but that was yeah. essentially it. Raheem yep. Mostert didn't really do anything in the running game, and um, they just looked out of sorts, for lack of a better term. They could not uh, figure out Steve Spagnuolo's defensive scheme, and they couldn't get anything going. And – you know, the big question that comes out of this game for me is what do you do with Tua? Because he seems to have a little bit of a habit of kind of folding in these big games like this. He only had 199 yards for a pick and a TD. That is not, not going to get it done against the Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to go far, numbers like that are not going to get it done. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what the Dolphins do um, with the quarterback situation. Because I believe uh, I'm not sure if he's a free agent after the season, but I think he's in there. They have to make a decision whether to extend him. I think soon. -ish. They have a fifth year option that they need to exercise because he's. Uh, cause here's the thing. I I, I was listening to my buddies Levac and Gaz this afternoon. Shout out to Levac and Gaz. Um, I I handle I handle, I do their sheets of accountability for their uh, play of the day. Um, just, just to, just to help him out with keep him make sure everything's on the on the level, and uh -huh. they were I just want, but I, I think it was other little vac or guys who was saying that the 2020 and 2021 draft quarterbacks seem to be a little bit snake bit when it comes to their evaluation. Two was in the Tua was in the 2020 draft class, so I mean part of it is his development, part of it is the fact that he he was so oft injured last year with those two concussions. Yes. He was out yes. for most of the year because he didn't know how to protect them. Then they finally figured out how to scheme and work to his, to his strengths and his advantages. But yeah, the dolphins are going to have to make a decision uh, whether to, I think they'll extend them. I think they'll give them one more year to evaluate them. And then after that, I think they'll move on. I think they'll move on from them if they don't, if they don't win out next year, because mm. this was a year for them. This was the year that for them to kind of take that leap forward and 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 see where they're at in terms of whether or not they can win in the next couple of years 
but yeah, I think the the, the decision is going to be made. I think after next year, I think yeah, he's going to break some records, sure, but if he doesn't bring him a title, because leading up to this game, they were the, had the second longest drought for NFL playoff wins currently, mm-hmm. and they may it may have been not changed. We'll get to that a little thing yeah. called foreshadowing. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's why that's why you're an expert in the biz. And before we move on from this game, I just have to say one thing. Jalen Ramsey is not as good as he thinks he is. That is all. <laughs> he, he, he always talks a big game. And is he good? Yes. But have I seen him get torched? Also, yes. <laughs> yeah. He is not worth the money that the Rams paid him and then traded him away because they need the cap space. Yeah. We'll get to the Rams. We'll get to the Rams in just a few minutes. But before we do that, let's talk about Green Bay and Dallas, which was I would say one of the two big upsets of this of this weekend. Uh Dustin, yes. I'll lead you. I'll lead off with you. Dustin, what, do you, what were your thoughts about this game? Uh we mentioned him mentioned him on 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 Saturday. We talked a little bit about Saturday, but I'll have you lead off with this one. All right. Well, this is where now, I did not think the Cowboys were going to lose this game. I think I thought that the Packers would keep this game closer. I thought it would be a bit of a surprise, but I did not think the Cowboys were going to lose this game. I think they were going – I had them losing in the next round, uh, not the wild card round. I had them losing then. Um, but the one thing I did say, I said two things have to happen for the Packers to play, to play well. Well, actually, three things. I said – one, the run game is going to have to get going, and Aaron Jones did that, 118 mm-hmm. yards and three TDs. Uh, the And we also both said that the Packers' defense would have to play well. They did. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. And then the other thing I said could happen, I said if they follow the blueprint that they use to beat Detroit and surprise them on Thanksgiving Day – if they score fast and they score early and get the Cowboys on their back foot, they could win this game. And they must have heard us because they yeah. came out and they executed that that game plan to a T. Yeah. You're welcome, Matt, Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur, uh, we know you're listening. We know you're a fan of the show. Uh, big ups to, you know, to give us some credit for uh, you know giving you a strategy for su- yeah. for Sunday's game. Yeah, but but there was a reason why this game was featured on Sundays because. The Buffalo Pittsburgh game got moved to Monday afternoon, and I gotta mm-hmm. say, I'm kind of a fan of the triple double header three days in a row, as opposed to a double header Saturday, triple header Sunday, and one game on Monday. I like three double headers in a row. Yeah, yeah, I would like that too if I didn't have to work that Monday. Uh, that would that would make we can a get difference. you a new job, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, because I did not I did not see a lot of the Steelers and Bills game. I saw I saw a bit of it at the bowling alley, um, mm-hmm. but I I missed the start of it. I missed a lot of that game. Didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it. But this this Cowboys game, all I'm going to say is Cowboys are going to cowboy. And Cowboys fans always get angry whenever we whenever we bring this up, but this this has been their mo for years now. The days of the early '90s are long gone, and uh, 
you know, Dak's got to be better than that. The two interceptions he threw were, were bad interceptions, costly interceptions. Yeah. And especially to begin this game, Dallas got punched early and they struggled to figure out a way to respond for a while. C.D. Lamb looked like C.D. and Dak, a connection that had been so good for the majority of the year, um, looked totally disconnected, like they couldn't get on the same page. Tony Pollard couldn't really get the run game going. And my last thought on this game, there's two. Jordan Love has officially made the leap. Uh, he looked yeah. good to start this game. And those rookie receivers, they they might have something in, uh, what is it, Jaron Reed, I think, or Jalen Reed, their receiver Jaylen there. Reed, yeah, yeah Jalen yep. Reed. Um, th this... This Packers team could give could surprise some people, uh, perhaps this year and in the coming years. And Ryan, I'm hoping you can help me out here, but I think we might need to check on Dollar Store Usher today because I bet you people are calling him and texting him and asking and paging him and paging yeah. him, <laughs> yeah, and asking if he's still that boy's. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dollar store usher, man. Well, we talked about it on Saturday. We did note that we did note two things. We did know if the, if the Cowboys jumped on the Packers early, it might be a blowout. We also mentioned the Packers defense. We need to show up to keep the game close. The opposite happened. The opposite happened in this game. And before Cowboys fan can sit down and take the first sip of their Lone Star beer, it's 27 to nothing. You know, and two of those, and the reason why they were up that big, because Dak Prescott, Dak's going to Dak. Dak's mm. going to Dak. Those two interceptions, they lead to 14 points. Actually, they lead to 13 points. I think the the second yeah, touchdown, they missed the, missed the, they missed the extra point. But mm -hmm. it, it was just, it was just, this was, this was, this was a shock. It was utterly shocking how the, how the cow, how the Packers blew this game out of the water and did it early. And they kept their and here's a here's a difference between other teams. They kept their their foot on the gas pedal because yeah. they they for, for what however however Matt Lafleur drew up the game plan offensively, they made that Dallas offense a Dallas defense look absolutely silly. And we know how Dallas likes to get after the quarterback. They like Mike, Mike, they like to unleash Micah Parsons, mm -hmm. make their secondary do the work. And there were times where the defense just looked lost. Look absolutely lost, and all the Dak Prescott stands again. Point to his stats: forty-one of sixty, four hundred three yards, three touchdowns. A lot of those yards and a lot of those and those touchdowns all came in garbage time. All came near the end of the game, where it's just stat padding time. And I noticed on Snowman in the morning on on Saturday on Monday we did a pre-recorded segment on on Sunday, led to Monday. The only stats that should matter to Dak Prescott from now on. Are W's and L's. Those mm -hmm. are the only stats that should matter. Not touchdowns. Not the fact that oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to throw. I'm not going to throw more than ten interceptions this year. Good for you. You threw two touchdowns. You threw two interceptions in the first half of this match, which yeah. led to 14 points, which led to basically your downfall. And like you, Dustin, with with the Raiders, uh, with, with, me, with the Ravens a few weeks ago, I need to apologize. To Packers fan, 
I gave you a lot of flack for when you, what how you, how you treated Aaron Rodgers when you said he wanted to be traded to the Jets. I went the, I went on Aaron Rodgers. I went in the defense for Aaron Rodgers because he's my quarterback now. But we need the T.O. Getting, that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess I gotta give him credit where credit's due. The Packers getting hot, and I know my friend Julie out there, our Lions fan, a resident Lions fan, Julie's out there. She'll she'll begrudgingly agree. But the Lions got hot. Not the Lions, the Packers got hot at the right time, and they're starting to show yeah. it. Jordan Love is a is a fun quarterback to watch, and the organization's faith in him is being paid off. After so many years of Brett Favre, they bring in Aaron Rodgers. They see him develop. Now they bring in Jordan Love. And you're kind of starting to see the growth of him. It's just unbelievable that the Packers have would have three quarterbacks, potentially three quarterbacks in the span of three different decades doing great, doing doing playing great, playing absolutely yeah. great. And fun fact for you, Dustin. All right. The Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys are the first team in NFL history to win 12 or more games in the regular season in three consecutive seasons and not reach the Super Bowl. Oh, man. We that really is gotta... one of those. <laughs> that is an incredible stat. Yeah, we really got to check on Dollar Store Usher now. And not well. In... <laughs> and I will say this, okay? This is just a little bit off topic here. But this is another big game. It's another playoff game. How did Dan Quinn's defense do? You know, Oof. a lot. The, 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 this is why I, no shade on Dan Quinn, but this is why people are saying Dan Quinn's going to be the next Seahawks coach. Apparently he's lined up for an interview, but this is why I have a case of the heebie jeebies because we've seen. That that Seahawk defense collapsed. That's part of the reason people. We could talk about Pete Carroll's call on def, on the goal line all we want, and ultimately that is what that game is remembered for. But let's not forget the defense let the Patriots back into that game before all that happened. Mm-hmm. Before all that happened, then we have the Falcons. Now we have these Cowboys defenses who at times looked fantastic this year. It seems to be a pattern now in Dan Quinn's defense, maybe a little bit of that Cowboys uh, non Jerry magic got on them. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this. I mean, the Patriots with Matt Patricia as their defensive coordinator, look, they allowed 41 points to, uh, to, to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Still got him a job. I know yeah. Julie, our resident Lions fans, I know I'm saying a dirty word. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry for <laughs> that dirty word. <laughs> I don't bring back bad memories. Yeah. But yeah, let's. We're going to talk about the last three games in just a moment. But first, we're going to take a. We're going to, we're going to take a visit to the comments section. It's a crowded room. To, we got a crowded room tonight, Dustin. Ooh, lots and lots yeah. of comments in the comments section. We got lots of watch. We got lots of viewers on YouTube. We got a couple of viewers on Facebook and on Twitter. So if you're on Facebook or you're on Twitter and you're watching, jump in the comments section. We got a bunch of them right now. Dr. Lady Esquire says, sports ball! <laughs> got a force. <laughs> Wonka the Sane, not Wonka the Sane, not my business, but that guy Saturday morning who said Browns Ravens should, could meet in a conference championship should be fired. You're fired, <laughs> Wonko! Fired! 
<laughs> Sorry, let me say this right. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, Wonka, we'll get – I don't know who this person is, but we'll get him a nice severance package. <laughs> we're going to find – we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to find out who did this. I just need my. I just need a hot dog costume. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to find out who did this. <laughs> Brother Josiah says, what a great way to start the evening with Ryan Dustin. Josiah, thanks so oh, much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and Sapna with her obligatory sports ball uh. and the pink can emoji. Julie Smith, our friend Julie, Michigan Julie, saying saying go Lions. And another oh, we'll sports get to ball the comment. Lions. And another sports ball comment. Another sports ball comment. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sports ball is firing off in the chat. Sports balling, baby. <laughs> Woo. Let's go. Wonka the saying coming back, saying my least favorite announcer, Troy Aikman. What a homer. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would. Have to, yeah, I think he's definitely a homer. He's definitely got that. Uh, definitely got that soft spot for the uh, for the them cowboys. Yeah, them boys, them boys. Which them boys. that halftime segment. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but that halftime segment where they tried to have Jimmy Johnson make a speech to rally the team, and then Michael Strahan got into his defensive stance and started trying to run. That was awful. That was awful. And and, and at the risk of sounding like a curmudgeonly old, a curmudgeonly old man, can, Power we, can, through we it. Just say, can we just say that Rob Gronkowski, it's not working. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Eli Manning. Get him off the commercials. It's not funny. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> We continue. Rich says, Casey knew Miami was in trouble when they walked in, but look what you made them do. Rich, get out. Oh, man. Get out. Some tea swizzle. (laughs) Tea swizzle. Brandon saying, Ryan's beard is what I'm jealous of. LOL. Oh, Oh, there you go. He he works hard to keep it nice looking. That's right. Uh, Julie says, I predicted Miami would lose because they can't handle the cold. Yeah, amongst other things, they can't handle the cold. Uh, Rich says, Tua is soft. Is it S O W F T soft or just S O F T soft? Uh, <laughs> Thick diggy all the way from Norway. This is inter- this is an international affair, Dustin. Uh, yeah, we from, got uh, everything going show, tonight. Friend of the show, Sick Diggy, saying greetings, folks. Greetings, Sick. What you drinking tonight, bud? Because <laughs> he always asks me whenever he sees me in the chat for So Man's So Man's show. He always asks me what 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 drink, what coffee I'm drinking for the day, and I just want to oh, ask yeah. you the same thing, Sick. What you what you drinking? Uh, Rich asks a good question. Is Dion going to Dallas? No. Because, <laughs> and I, I tell you why, because I think he wants to complete, I think he wants to complete his mission first because Colorado is going, university, we're talking college ball now, University yep, of Colorado, yep. they're going back to the Big 12 next season. And I think he wants to accomplish a national title before he even considers a moving on a, to the uh, NFL, moving on to the NFL. And Dustin, I know as a big Buffaloes fan, you want to see that happen. I do. I do. You know, Coach Prime has <laughs> got to get it done. <laughs> uh, Julie says, hated having to root for the Packers, but I'm so glad they spanked the Cowboys. Yes, I'm still bitter. Uh, Rich Rich coming in with the with the uh, player haters ball. Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Silky Johnson in the comments here. <laughs> Now, if you excuse me, I gotta put a, I gotta give, uh, I gotta put more water in Buck Nasty's mama's dish. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorite bits. Oh, it's a good one. My gosh. 
Uh, we'll get to a couple more comments. Wonka the saying, saying Dallas being overrated enters year 33. My God, I feel so old. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Man, man, oh, man. And Six says, uh, Ryan doesn't need to be crying. Aaron Rodgers is giving him too many facial gr facial gray hairs as it is. Um, or gray facial hairs. Um, not yet. Because I've only seen him play. I've yeah, only you seen haven't him, had a chance. I've only I've only seen him do four plays. Four plays. I mean, last comment before we take a commercial break from Sick Diggy. It's two forty a.m. over here. I could use a glass of dark chocolate almond milk. Ooh, that sounds that sounds uh, that sounds great. Oh, also Wonka says awesome to see a crowded chat room. Hit that like button, all yes, please, oh, please yeah. hit that like button. Yes, I, I must I, I must uh, I must remind people to uh, to like comment share and subscribe that would be that would be awesome so yeah hit that like button hit that subscribe button we we do we do appreciate you we do appreciate everyone who stopped by tonight and whoever's watching on or who's listening on the podcast side all right we'll take a quick commercial break when we come back we're going to break down the rest of the games and, and we'll tell you what's coming on the docket on saturday so you are tuned in to no credentials required Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. That's right, folks. It may not be Christmas shopping season anymore because the 12 days of Christmas have unfortunately passed. Rats. But you can always, 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 always Get yourself some great seats at SeatGeek.com. Sporting event. Let me find your favorite sporting event. NHL's in full swing. NBA's in full swing. NFL playoffs. Uh, hey, baseball. Baseball starts in April. We're going to kick up our baseball coverage coming up in April. But it's not just sporting events. It's also concerts. It's also comedy shows, plays, musicals. If it requires a box office ticket, you can find it at SeatGeek.com. And when you get to the pro, we get to check out, enter the promo code BillyUpSports, and you save $20 off your order of $50 or more. So go to SeatGeek.com. Again, BillyUpSports at checkout. $20 off your first, your, or, your order of $50 or more. Moving on to the Sunday night cap. The Los Angeles Rams at the Detroit Lions. And I know our resident Michigan fan, Julie's listening and tuning in. We're talking about this game. And the, I got to say this. I'll start off. I'll lead off with this one. Yeah. The Lions turn around. It is completed. And I know if, I know Lions fan will say, not completed yet. We haven't gotten to the Super Bowl. Let's, let's, one step at a time. One step at a time. With the fact that, and, the Lions turnaround is complete and showed in this game. I, I don't like how their offense played in the second half because of all the adjustments that Raheem Morris made on the, as a defensive coordinator of the Rams. I thought he did a pretty good job. I mean, the 
the Lions scored 21 first half points. And I think they should have scored more because of that ridiculous false start call, which was on a completely blatant offside. You could see that it was an offside call on fourth and five. And the referees, I secretly think that the NFL and the referees hate the Detroit Lions. They call false start. They call false start, moves the lines back five yards. They do that pooch kick, that pooch punt. It didn't really didn't make a difference for the Rams because I think that, that pretty much ended the half. But if that drive kept going for the Lions, I fully believe they're up 28-10 at halftime and they're cruising. And we have another... Yeah garbage game of all the games that uh <laughs> of all the actually no i'm sorry they're up they're up 11 they're they'll be up 28 to 17 because it was 21 17 at that point so oh, yeah. i think if they score a touchdown i think they're in cruise control and they went winning this game outright other than the rather than the fact that it turned out to be a one point win but credit where credit's due to also to lions defensive coordinator aaron glenn because his Defense bent, but it didn't break. Rams got in the 20-yard, got in the gold zone, the red zone twice in the second half. Couldn't get a touchdown. Couldn't score a touchdown. A lot of field goals only. They they scored only six points in the half. Lions only scored four points in the half, or three points in the half, but it really didn't make a difference. So full credit to Aaron Glenn and his defense. I also love the fact that Dan Campbell was rolling the dice. He saved, <laughs> he saved rolling the dice. During the game, until the at the uh, he, he said that until the, towards the end of the game, where after the two minute warning and second down and eight, I believe, and he's got Jared Goff throwing the football. He's got Jared Goff throwing the football, finds him on St. Brown. They get nine yards, and after that, Rams the Rams burn their last timeout. Couple of kneel downs, game's over, game's mm-hmm. over. And I need to have a conversation with Rams fan for a moment. On social on Rams fan on social media because after this game, during this game, after this game, they are still complaining about the line's physical nature and the no call pass interference on Puka Nakua in the fourth quarter. Y'all are victims of recency bias. Y'all are victims of recency bias because let me point to you the Nola no call in the 2018 NFC Championship game where the New Orleans Saints. They were driving for the game-winning touchdown, or what surely was going to be the game-winning touchdown, and they had that blatant pass interference call, and it turned out to be a no call, and it went towards your that went in your favor, that went in your team's favor, it went up winning the game with a game-winning field goal. And what did you tell Saints fan back in 2018? You told them, "Get over it." Now I'm gonna to say to you <laughs> years later, get over it. Happy for Lions fans, Rams fan, you can go kick rocks. I know the Rams <laughs> You're gonna be like, you're gonna be saying, you're gonna be like, well, look at this, look at this call, look at this call. He's playing too rough. There's this pass interference. Look, look, you didn't you didn't say anything when that false start, that phantom false start happened when it was blatantly offside on fourth and five in the second the second quarter, with nearly two minutes left in the second quarter. You didn't say anything about that. Get over it. Get over your recency bias. Remember your history. You've gotten some beneficial calls in the playoffs too. Get over it. 
It's football. Yes, I know the officiating has sucked eggs this year. We've talked about it numerous times on this program. I'm sure that people have talked about it numerous times on their podcasts or their sports shows. Yes, the officiating has sucked and needs to be reviewed this season. But you didn't get the calls you didn't get. That's football, baby. Get yeah. over it. Dustin, over to you. <laughs> over to you. All that was running through my head while you were saying get over it is uh, stop crying and moaning and pitching a fit. Get yes. over it. Yeah. Don Hedley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, I'm not going to break down the game any further than that because I just, too, I, too, have to – just express how happy I am for the Lions fans and for the city of Detroit. They won their first playoff game since 1991. Um, I was watching, full disclosure, I was talking to some friends virtually and hanging out while watching that game, so I had it on mute. I was watching it. Um, but I was I was on pins and needles a little bit because, let me say this, but going into that game secretly, especially after – especially after the way the other two ga- the other games went up to that point on wild card weekend mm-hmm. I said give me one close game and I had secretly hoped and this is hard for me to say as a Seahawks fan cuz I have no love loss for the Rams but I wanted Matt I wanted Matthew Stafford to play very well but lose in Detroit mm-hmm. because I wanted the Lions to win but I wanted Matthew Stafford to do well and he did he did. The Rams were ready to play. They they had been on a bit of a hot streak entering this game as well, much to my chagrin. They got a few wins over my Seahawks this year that really killed us. Um, and, you know, it was a good game, went back and forth. But I, with you, every team is going to have calls that break their way over the course of a season. Don't try to take this away from Lions fans. Let them, and I too am proud of Dan Campbell because he has gone for it. I have I have sat here on these very <laughs> airwaves and gotten very angry with, with Pete Carroll, Dan Campbell, but Dan Campbell most of all because he just would pick the most inopportune times to have faith in his team. But I saw something on Instagram today that I could not that I had forgotten Dan Campbell was a player on that 0-16 Lions team from back Mm -hmm. in the day and now it all comes full circle and he now leads them to a playoff victory as the coach of this team and I believe he called it when they were on hard knocks few years ago and people made fun of him but everything that he said he was going to do he has started to do at his time in Detroit he is restoring the roar for Lions fans here and I am very happy and the last thing I'll say about this game is I was watching it you know and um after the game there was a guy in the stands this side made me laugh real hard there was a guy in the stands he had a poster and it had a it had a Super Bowl ring on it, and it said, "We went to Jared," and that just made me <laughs> that made me crack up. That made me crack up. So and and again, hats off to Jared Goff because we all know the narrative. He was cast Jared. aside. But the but the one thing that I have to say, it's just a small aside. 
I was a little disappointed to see that Matt Staff- Matthew Stafford was booed coming out in Detroit. He gave everything to that city. You cannot complain about what, what Matthew Stafford did for you at QB. He played hurt. He played on a lot of bad teams. He gave everything he had. And he he didn't, you know, outside of when he started as a rookie and he had those those injuries to start his career, Matthew Stafford did not miss many games for the Detroit Lions at all. He, he played his heart out while he was there. And so I was a little disappointed to see him uh, get booed, but glad he played well in his return. But I am so glad that the Lions won the game. Yeah, uh, as as we uh, we talked about, we we and pretty much on cue, uh, Julie has been lighting up the comments, <laughs> lighting things up. I do want to start with Doctor Lady, who says Stafford choking like any LA team in the playoffs. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> she also said, uh, Julie says Detroit versus everybody. Uh, I like nobody can complain, but the refs help the Lions get the heck out of here. Uh, Sick thingy says, Yeah, that's how the cookie crumbles, Rams fan. Yep, I'm going to drink mm-hmm. all your tears. I will drink all your tears. <laughs> and I'm not even in a division. Look, I'm not even in the same conference or division as your as your team, but I will drink your tears because, look, you got your Super Bowl. Les Stroud yeah. said FM kids went all in and got a Super Bowl. You got your Super Bowl. You saw your team win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I mean, be proud of your Rams. Great for good for you, but whatever. Uh, let's see what else. What else here? Oh, apparently she did. She's the, she's the one uh, Lions fan who did not want Matt Stafford to do well. <laughs> Since she says, screw that guy. <laughs> and, uh, I feel differently. Sick, you, sick. Give you a compliment, Dustin. Is, is it me, or does Dustin look look like Macaulay Culkin from this angle? <laughs> well, sick. I will have you know. I will have you know that it is not Macaulay Culkin who members of my family and others think I look like, but it is Kiernan Culkin. If you look him up, he's from. I believe he was Roman in Secession. A lot of people are telling me. Kieran Culkin's my doppelganger, so it's funny you say that. Apparently, I have some some strong Culkin genes up in here. <laughs> well, you did have that. One, you just had that. We did have that one viewer from Mexico tell say that you looked like Elon Musk. So yeah, yeah, that you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that one, but did the you, Culkin yeah. I can see. <laughs> the happened. Culkin it I can happened. see. Yes, it yeah. did. It did. <laughs> In the Moving on to the to the archives. Moving on to the Monday game, the afternoon game, uh, which was Pittsburgh at Buffalo. My nephew CJ Beast was at that <laughs> game. Oh, and Doctor Lee said Kieran Culkin is the kid who at uh, at went to bed in Home Alone. And it's true. Yes, yeah. Fuller had too many Pepsis. Yeah, Fuller always has too. It's always has too many <laughs> Pepsis, man. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Buffalo. And again, my nephew CJ Beast. He was at that game. He sent me a picture. Uh, I don't know if he had to shovel his way into the seat, but uh, but hey, whatever, good for him. Got a chance to uh, got a chance to watch a playoff game. Uh, hopefully someday I'll be able to do the same with the Jets. But anywho, uh, Dustin, I know you missed this game a little. You missed parts of this game, but I want to get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, what, what were your what were your thoughts in, the, in this game? This game pretty much went how I thought it was going to go. Uh, 
uh, Buffalo jumped jumped all over uh, Steeler the Steelers early, and uh, Josh Allen Josh Allen running the ball well in this game too. He had that he had that touchdown run where he pretty much just went right up the middle and then flexed in the end zone, you know, in front of Bills fans there. That was kind of, that was kind of a cool, cool moment. Um, and I will give the Steelers credit for battling back a little bit. They didn't, they, they tried their best to fight back and stay in this game, but this was just, the Steelers were overmatched. The Steelers kind of limped into the playoffs and, uh, and it showed because Buffalo is getting – Buffalo, much like Green Bay, Buffalo is getting hot at the right time. Uh, mm-hmm. Buffalo could do some things in the playoffs if they get it. Now, Josh Allen did a lot of Josh Allen things in this game, but and like I said, he was able to run a little bit more. Kind of looked like the younger version of Josh Allen who used to rely a lot more on his legs. And, yep. uh, but I think part of that might've been conducive to the game conditions. Maybe it was part of their game plan. I don't really know. Um, the, the defense, the Buffalo defense looks to have kind of started to find their stride a little bit. Uh, benching Von Miller seems to have paid off, you know, they yep. made, they yep. made a tough move, but they made the right move. And, uh, you know, I, this game, like I said, this game pretty much – I thought Buffalo was going to win this game. If Buffalo lost this game, it would have been a monumental collapse after the mo- the momentum that they were riding in. And, I mean, as we said on Saturday, you give, you give Josh Allen – you give me Josh Allen versus Kenny Pickett, advantage Allen. Now – or not Kenny Pickett, uh, Mason Rudolph. I'm sorry, Mason Rudolph mm-hmm. started this game. Now, Mason Rudolph has played – pretty well for the Steelers. He, he certainly has done better than Kenny Pickett did or Mitch Trubisky did. That's right. Mitch Trubisky was originally the backup for the Steelers, but uh, so credit to Mason Rudolph there, but the Steelers were overmatched in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the result we expected. Bill score in their first drive, force a fumble on the Steelers second drive. They score immediately after getting the ball back. Before the Yinzers can sit down, they say and say, "What the hell? It's fourteen to nothing." Then Josh Allen with that long run, twenty-one nothing. Steelers, to their credit, tried to stop the bleeding, but they got a touchdown of their own in the, in the, in the at the end of the first half, and they put up a fight. They only allowed three points to the Bills in the second in the third quarter. They, they score a field goal of their own. They get within seven. Uh, they get within seven in the fourth quarter, but then the Bills put that nail in the coffin with six twenty-seven remaining. With that great catch and run by Khalil Shakir. If you missed, I mean, don't watch now. Don't don't watch now. But go back. Yeah. Highlight. <laughs> watch that run by by Khalil Shakir. He filled in nicely for Gabe Davis. With Gabe Davis being out, I don't know if he's going to be out the rest of the year or if he's just out for he's just having some injury injury issues. But he's filled in nicely for for Gabe White. And then the and the Bills put the game away in the Steelers next drive. Here's the most important stat of the day for me. Most important stat in my mind. The Bills had the ball for over 33 minutes in this game. And I always say, typically 99%, I say about 85 to 95% of the time, the team that leads in time of possession will always go on to win the game. And Mm -hmm. that's what the Bills did. They controlled the clock. 
They get they got first downs they need to. They got those big first downs in the fourth quarter, that touchdown drive that led to basically them just just uh putting the nail in the coffin for the Steelers and ending their season. I don't know if you saw this, Dustin, but after the game during the press conference with uh with Mike Tomlin, a reporter started to ask, she said she she says, You've got a year left in your contract. And as soon as he heard that, he dipped. He yeah. I didn't see it live, but I heard about it that he walked out oh, mid question. I've got it bookmarked. I've got it bookmarked. <laughs> yeah. So let me see if I can get this uh get this going. Yeah, but yeah, it's just it's just really I found the question to be kind of rude. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I because I, I, I sometimes sometimes as a reporter, I will say you got to ask the tough questions, though. And I guess I don't I don't have as intimate knowledge of the Steelers, but I know that there has been talk of Mike Tomlin's future for a little while now in Pittsburgh. So I don't think it's a completely unreasonable question now. Uh, where I will agree with you is I think the timing is a little rough on that. You know, maybe maybe wait a couple of days uh, and not just jump on him right after a playoff loss. I will say that. Yeah. So this is where she, she right after she asks the question, this is what happens. Goodbye. <laughs> He's out. He's gone. I'm out. I'm dipping. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I mean, I get it. But I, I guess the, the Steelers have come out and said, "Yeah, Mike, Mike's our coach. Mike Tomlin's our coach." And yeah, I thought I had to, seen that. Support him. Yeah, good on them to at least come out and say, "Yeah, there he's our coach for another, at least." I mean, I, I figure at least one more season. He's got a year left in his contract. We'll see what happens afterwards. I think mm-hmm. if if they actually do go under five hundred and miss the playoffs next year, I think his con- I think he's done. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. That's that's been the sentiment for a while that if he does go under five hundred, which love him or hate him, uh, you gotta respect his streak of non losing seasons is very impressive in the NFL. In a league where I would argue is probably the league where where there's the most parity. A team, I mean, look at the Texans. Look at the Texans, where they are now from where they were a short year ago. The jump can happen in the NFL, the shortest of any league, in my opinion. So that makes that streak all the more impressive. Yeah, and think of it this way: when I talked about the Packers in the last in the first half of the of the, of the show, I talked about Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers and now Jordan Love having this success in three different three different quarterbacks over the last thirty years, and they had had that s- sort of success. Pittsburgh Steelers the same thing with their coaches. Ch- they go from Chuck Knock uh, Chuck Knoll, yep, to Bill Cowher, mm-hmm. and now Mike Tomlin. Every any team like teams would kill to have that kind of consistency. That oh yeah, have only those four, only those three coaches over the last forty years. It's ridiculous. Well, and that's uh, that's the thing too. You got to take your hats off to the Rooney family for this. They are patient with their coaches. They give them time, and look what it does. You know, look what it does because a lot of a lot of owners. And I get it. If I was in their position, I'd probably feel the same way. But there's there's these owners that bring in these coaches. You know. And you figure the first year, the coach probably doesn't have that many of his own guys, right? 
Mm-hmm. The, the right. second year, maybe he, the coach and the GM are starting to put their plan together. They've got some of the players that they want. They're trying to put their imprint on the team. And then maybe the third year, it doesn't go so well. Coach is gone. So it, nobody has time to build anything, you know, and the Roonies give their coaches time to to build and implement their system and draft the kind of players that they want, sign the kind of players that they want. It's It's admirable. Because I feel yep. like a lot of times the knee-jerk reaction is to make a change, and the Roonies have have allowed their coaches to uh, time to grow and build the teams, and it's gotten them remarkable consistency. Yeah. Moving on to the last game of Super Wild, uh, not so Super Wild Card weekend, <laughs> Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, the Monday night game, and I'll lead off with this one. I said Saturday the Bucks had the best shot at an upset this weekend. I didn't realize how badly the Bucks would beat this Eagles team, and you know, say what you want about Todd Bowles, he's a substandard game manager. He he lacks charisma during his press conferences. He makes weird decisions at times. He was like that with the Jets. But you cannot deny the fact that when he's facing some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, he comes up with the best schemes to beat them. And he did that in this game. And he made sure he sent the Wolves on defense to limit Jalen Hurts. They sacked him three times, including that one that resulted in a safety. They limited his scrambling and running ability. I think he only had, I think he only had one rush in this game. And it was for minimal gain. Mm-hmm. And they held the Eagles running attack to 42 yards total. 42 yards. That's insane for a team that has benefited from a running game. What the heck happened to DeAndre Swift? Why aren't they using DeAndre Swift? I mean, yeah. this is this was crazy. This is crazy that the fact that the, the that to see what the Eagles have been doing the last six, seven weeks coming into this game. And they just they just looked like a defeated team after this game. And we also got to give credit where credit's due. On the other side of the ball, Baker Mayfield, 337 yes. yards, three touchdowns. And it wasn't so much Baker, but his receivers made the Eagles secondary look silly. He looked, oh, yeah. They looked, they looked silly. We had that one touchdown uh, by, by uh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden, Palmer. Uh, and that one reception that uh, second touchdown by Palmer where he, where James Bradbury whiffed on that tackle harder than Ron DeSantis's chances in Iowa. It was just a bad, <laughs> bad whiff. I'm sorry to bring politics into it. But I had to, <laughs> <laughs> but also, but let's also give credit to the running game too, because not only did Baker ball out, but the Buccaneers running game also balled out. They had 119 yards in the, on the ground. And yes. this game, after this game, it, it, it left Eagles fans wondering if Nick Sirianni is either going to be gone or he's going to do some wholesale changes to the defensive staff during the offseason. Dustin, what's your thoughts on this game? I mean, I mean, I will say just to jump off of that point, something has to happen because this collapse, the Eagles started out 10-1 and one, and then they yep. finished up. 11 and six. That mm-hmm. was their final record heading into this game. And then they lost this game. So technically they're 11 and seven. 11 and seven. It, was, it was a slide. It was a slide. And I will say, I did not see the Packers beating the Cowboys coming. This one I saw coming 
You said that they they had the Bucks had the best chance to upset the Eagles. I agreed with you because you have pointed out and you have more knowledge about Todd Bowles' de- defensive schemes than most due to his tenure mm-hmm. with the New York Jets as their head football coach. Now, mm-hmm. I th- I I am a Todd Bowles believer after this game. I believed in his ability to uh, to coach up a defense. We all know that he could do that. But but I also watched his press conference after the game, and I'm going to tell you, the Bucs are a dangerous team right now because, as you said, their receivers played very well. James Bradbury had a rough game. Not only did he have that whiff that you mentioned, but Rashad White ran right through him on one of his long runs. He just cracked James Bradbury, and I went, ooh, this is not good, and, you know, and – and Rashad White was in his face too. He he came to play in this one. Um, but Todd Bowles says we knew we were underdogs coming into this game. We liked it. We relish in it. And and he said we we know we're underdogs heading into the next game too. And I will say I'm a little concerned because the Bucks are playing like a team that had nothing to lose. They already that you can tell they already overachieved from where they thought they could go. They are playing extremely relaxed right now and mm. have to take my hat off. Now, we all know the Jared Goff narrative. It's a great story how he was cast aside in Detroit and he was he was just cast aside to Detroit and nobody had any faith in him. They didn't think he'd be able to do anything and he's done amazing things for the Lions. It's yep. it's been great to see. But we have to say the same for Baker Mayfield. Baker yeah. Mayfield yeah. was cast yeah. aside by the franchise that drafted him after guiding the Browns to the playoffs for the first time in many years. He was cast aside like it didn't even happen. Oh, we're not sure if your shoulder's healthy. We're worried about your shoulder. The real reason was because they wanted to bring Deshaun Watson in, and they didn't do a great job of even trying to hide it. They cast him aside. He goes to Carolina, which – Baker played – he did not play good in Carolina. I'm infamous for making the posi- the prediction that I made. But the Carolina thing seems to be more of a franchise problem now. Seems like it might not have all been on Baker. I'm going to argue that it's a franchise-type deal in Carolina because Baker has balled out. He's been a big reason why the Bucs are where they are. He's been a lot more than a bridge quarterback in mm-hmm. that, that they thought he was going to be until they could draft their guy. Maybe he is their guy. They're going to have to make a decision because he's played well enough to where they're going to have to go back to the table because other teams might be looking for his services. And it's been yeah. fun to watch. It's been fun to yeah. watch here. And I, I christened Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield the co-MVPs of Wild Card Weekend because you put the two of them together, they were magical. And like I said, Todd Bowles has his players playing relaxed, and he had them prepared to play. And on the Eagles' side of this thing, I was talking to a a co-worker at work today. But I and and I don't like to pat myself on the shoulder, but I got to do it sometimes because I've been wrong about so much. But I said after that Seahawks win, I said, you look at the Eagles' language on the on the sidelines. You look at their body language. They don't look good. Something is awry. Uh, and I was talking to a coworker today. She said a thirty for thirty is going to come out uh, on this years from now because something happened in Philly. This collapse was crazy, and there's talk that either Nick Sirianni could be out 
or massive changes, like you said. Um, you know, and it's crazy. You got two NFC East teams that were considered juggernauts at certain points in the season, both with an early round playoff exit, and both there's a lot of questions surrounding their head coaches now. Yeah, I, I saw uh, Jason Kelsey reportedly mentioned to his teammates from the Eagles. Yes. Uh, mentioned to his teammates that he was going to be retiring. Uh, a lot of speculation on that. We'll find out from him. We only get the, I want to get his word on the matter. Mm-hmm. But Adam Schefter, uh, towards the end of the game, wrote this on Twitter. Eagles key free agents this offseason. This is a long list, so get yourself, get yourself a drink. You're going to be here a while. Yeah, right. Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham, DeAndre Swift, Quez Watkins, Iosa Opeta. Forgive me if I said this name, your name wrong, uh, Mr. Opeta. Uh, Nicholas Moreau, Zach Cunningham, Shaq Leonard, Bradley Roby, Olamide Zacchaeus, Boston Scott, Marcus Mariota, Julio Jones, Jack Driscoll, Rashad Penny, Braden Mann. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen free agents this offseason. And there's some big names on this list. Butcher yeah. Cox is not a small name. Is not a small name. No. Shaq Leonard, who they signed for a dis they got the club discount when he got released, shockingly released by the Colts. Mm-hmm. He's scarcely used by the Eagles for the rest of that season when, when they when they sign him. Yes. Same with Julio. Same with Julio Jones, who I think I speculate is probably going to retire after this game. And he had a I... he, got, he got a concussion in this game. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Mariota, free agent. Uh, he was backup. He was signed as a backup. Mm-hmm. Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, DeAndre Swift. Those are the that was the three headed. There were the three headed running attack for that team, they're all free agents. Yes. Well, and the other thing is, you know, and I should have said during the game recap, Rashad Penny also signed. And at the beginning when he was signed in the offseason, we're like, oh, man, this is an embarrassment of riches. You got DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny in the same backfield. But I will say, as as a Seahawks fan, I have seen a lot of Rashad Penny but there was something wrong with his fit in the Eagles organization because coming out of camp, there were rumors that he might not even make the team. And then he was a healthy scratch for many, many games, and they didn't use him at all. But they put him in this game. They put him in this game. And they put him in one other game, too, where they were losing. So that's like the sign. When you see that Rashad Penny is in the backfield for the Philadelphia Eagles – it must be their sign that they're like throwing in the towel because they do not use Rashad Penny at all. No. And I, for I, I one, think... I, I hope he gets another shot somewhere because he had, he had a lot of injuries in Seattle, but he had those couple of years where he ran really, really well. Yeah. And it seemed like they were going, Howie Roseman, I think, I think deserves some of the blame for the, how things panned out towards the end of the season, because he got. I think he got desperate. I mean, we we talk about him being a very good GM, and he's a very good GM. And and mm-hmm. an Eagles fan, you know, be proud of what Howie has done over the last uh, last decade. He brought you a Super Bowl title, brought got you to the Super Bowl last year. 
But I think he deserves some of the blame because I think the Shaq Leonard signing was a panic signing, and I think the Julio Jones signing was a panic was a panic signing, and there was a reason why the Detroit Lions uh, traded DeAndre DeAndre Swift and sent him to the Eagles, but they picked up Jameer Gibbs and he's worked out great for that team. He's been a part of the yeah. two headed running attack along with uh, Montgomery. So, yeah, David Montgomery has done very well. Yeah, the Eagles, but yeah, the Eagles have some big questions to ask themselves. They got, they got to do some, they got to do some, there's, they got to do some soul searching this this off season. I look in the mirror and find out where they're going, and who they, who they, they got to find out who they keep, who do they let go? Do we build through the draft again? Do we? Are we gonna? They're not gonna rebuild. Certainly, they're not gonna rebuild. But I think they're gonna, they're gonna find some way to retool some things, and having those sixteen. 16 free well, I would say 17 uh spots to fill uh between all those positions and with and Jason Kelsey retiring as well. One more visit to the comment section before we go. Uh Dr. Lady Esquire saying uh, when we mentioned about the uh Bills getting hot at the right time, he says getting hot pun intended. I, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Welcome to the Saints saying hard to go backwards but I'm not a fan of the expanded playoffs. Should be 12 teams, in my opinion. I mean, one I mean, the four divisions having four divisions and two wild card spots. I think the th- the third wild card spot was was something the fans were asking for, and the league was trying to. I feel like it was a league move to because you know money. Hello, yeah, money, more money, more <laughs> one extra pl- one extra home playoff game for somebody. Um, so or one or more money for uh, uh, one extra paycheck for the players. Uh, Sikdagi saying Mike Tomlin needs a break, and yeah, and he said he agrees with you with the with the uh, with the Steelers. He says that's a key word, patience, patience. Yeah, Doctor Lady Esquire again. Too much Joe Buck again. <laughs> I would point, <laughs> let me point you, Ms. Uh, Doctor Lady Esquire. I want to point you to ESPN two and the mating cast. The mating cast is awesome. Yeah, had some slow. Had so they started last season with Eli and 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 Peyton Manning. It was a little rough in the beginning, but they they, they found their stride, especially this season with the more games they had this year. And unfortunately, last night was the last Manning cast we'll have this season. So, but we'll the wait till September, with we'll the wait till, till September uh, to uh, uh, get Manning cast back. Wiesel Hefe, hello, hey. gentlemen. And of course, I have to pay. I, I now that he's checked in, I have to pay. Yes. The PS. <laughs> The following is a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Boston. This has been a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Uh, it never gets old. Good to have you here, Wise. Our buddy Dave. Well, maybe, maybe buddy Dave. Uh, <laughs> go pack, go. He also says big cock, coxes? I don't know. I don't he also know, asked but... Dustin, how was your fantasy season? Oh, Dave, you know exactly how it went. You know how you exactly it went. <laughs> I had I had some players that didn't show up, but congratulations to you. Congratulations to you on the on the championship. But I finished second, and considering how how the chemical toilet started, I was proud of how we ascended. We came together as a team. <laughs> chemical toilets coming together as a team. Uh, uh, saying, Oh, how the Eagles had little faith in Rashad Penny. Yeah, they yes. certainly did. 
Wonko saying Cincinnati is an interesting spot for Penny to wind up. Uh, Dr. Lady Esquire says, as a Pats fan, I'm obliged to hate the Mannings. So she's obligated to hate the Mannings. Huh? I mean, that, that I kind of get. You're going to side with Tom Brady every time. And I mean, look, Eli's. Look, <laughs> look, I had to live with Tom Brady killing my team every single year for better parts of 20 years. <laughs> now that he's away from the Pats and he's actually sh showcasing a personality, I've kind of grown to like Tom Brady. Oh man! I think Ryan, you got to play the breaking news drop on that one. Oh yeah, breaking! Oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on! Breaking news, folks! Breaking news from <laughs> No Credentials Acquired. Post retirement, I, I like post retirement Tom Brady. That's your breaking news. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, he's growing on me. He's growing on me. But you know, if if I can get over, look, Doctor Lady. Esquire, if I can get over my Tom Brady hatred, you can get over your Peyton and Eli Manning hatred. It, it just takes some time. Just takes some time. Uh, Dave says it was all it was all my eleven year old coworker. Yeah, co -owner, <laughs> co -owner. So, yeah. His oldest son is uh, <laughs> his oldest son was the was the co was the co uh, co owner of the team. Uh, Chelsea says, "Yay, Tom has a new fan." Doctor Lady Esquire. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, well, we'll 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 end we'll end with this comment from Wise Al Hefe. My Giants did end a perfect season. That's right, they did. Eighteen wins, yeah, and one and, giant loss. And just uh, as a final um, piece of advice to Doctor Lady Esquire, first of all, love the name. Uh, secondly, <laughs> if you want to see if you hate the Mannings and you want to see uh, one of great one of the you want to see Peyton Manning with a Oh crap! Moment. Go back and watch uh, Super Bowl forty-seven from twenty fourteen, and you can see the snap of the ball and the face that Peyton Manning <laughs> makes as it hurdles <laughs> into the end zone, and they open the game with a safety. So, if you want to, if you want to hate on Peyton, go watch that game and relive some memories with me, won't you? Because I don't know, I don't know. I just got a feeling. I got to see oh. what the directions the Seahawks go in, but could be a little bit before we get back there. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll end the show with this. Well, these two comments, welcome to saying, saying, uh, saying thanks guys. Great show. And sick diggy bring us this commercial. <laughs> <coughs> this breaking news is brought to you by chicken wing, James skull sh shaver. Forget the man unit and embrace the bald bald is bold and beautiful folks. <laughs> And on that note, I don't think we well, can top thank that. you for being here. With, yeah, we, we can't top that. Thank you for being here, folks. Don't remind, don't don't remind, don't forget as a reminder to follow us on all our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and the uh, occasionally use TikTok. It's at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. And just to remind, remind you to like, comment, share, and subscribe. To all of our podcast, to all of our social media platforms, and I forgot to mention, Dustin, uh, we did have a comment after uh, after the show uh, had ended on uh, on Sunday or uh, on Saturday, excuse on me. Saturday. And I'm yep. trying to find the I'm trying to find the comment. 
It's, it's, well, I'll try to find. And while Ryan is searching for that comment, I would like to remind everybody in the chat right now, if if you enjoyed this show, which we enjoyed having you here, don't forget about our Saturday show. As I once said while I was adorned in a Christmas onesie with bells on it, let the <laughs> brunch flow through you. <laughs> yes. yes. We're going live, Ryan, at uh, what, 10 o'clock, I would say? 10 o'clock Eastern 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern, yep. Yeah, join Eastern. us for brunch, won't you? We'll have coffee. It'll be great time. Yep, indeed. I'll, I'll read that comment on Saturday. Uh, right. On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review. Please leave a five star, give us a five star rating. And also, if you're on a platform where you can review the podcast, review it. We might even read it on the air. And if you're watching on replay on Rumble or on Belly Up, the Belly Up YouTube channel, uh, please leave us a comment. And again, uh, well, we might even read it on the show. You have tuned into No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Thanks for joining us. For Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. We'll see you guys on Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Good night, everybody. Oh, and for the very last time this season, we're going to go out. We're going to ask that question that everyone has been asking. And this is a tribute to Caesar because he was a Cowboys fan. Are you still them boys? Hmm. Hey, hey. Ain't nobody calling me, texting me, paging me, asking me, are you still them boys? Calling me, texting me, paging me. Asking me, am I still the boy? Y'all usually check on me. Listen, 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 listen. I'm still the boy. Oh, shut up, boy. I'm still the boy. Oh, I'm still the boy. The boy, the boy, I'm still the boy. Oh, yeah.